Romans 13:14 reads, "But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires." Hello, and welcome back to Think This Way. This is the podcast of Faith Bible Church. As always, I am Pastor Bryce. I am one of the pastor elders here, and I have with me, although we don't always call you by this title, we could call you Pastor Andrew. Pastor Andrew. How's that, <laughs> that feel? Just, that sounds so weird. <laughs> it feels weird to me to call myself <laughs> Pastor Bryce, actually. That also feels kind of strange. I just think of like we always, whenever we talk about you in the house, it's always Pastor Bryce to yeah, our yeah. kids. And I can't imagine somebody in our church saying, Pastor Andrew. Just <laughs> I am going to start off. talking about you to my children as Pastor Andrew, because that is in the New Testament. It just means shepherd, and that is used of all elders. So you apply. But if it makes you uncomfortable, we'll just call you Elder Andrew. <laughs> or just Andrew's fine. That's, that's positive, too. Okay, whatever. You're Andrew. But how do we distinguish you? Oh, well, whatever. Well, today we are continuing our quarterly focus on personal holiness. And we're drawing closer to the end. We're in the last month of this quarterly focus here. And I wanted to finish this podcast on this quarter by giving us very practical examples of four different kinds of sin that many of us have struggled with, struggle with in the church, that we are going to overcome by the grace of God. And so we've talked last week about bitterness. We are talking now about pornography. Next week, anxiety. The week after, grumbling. If that order has changed, it's because schedules didn't work out, but that should be the order we're discussing it in. So today we are talking about pornography, and mostly I'm going to be asking Andrew questions about this, but I wanted to start by giving statistics. I don't know it's even necessary because if you've been alive for any amount of time in the United States, in the church, anywhere actually, you know pornography is a problem. Um, so I'm going to provide some statistics. These are difficult. Statistics are always controversial anyways. Are people being honest? How do you get them? But let me just give a few of them that I found just to show the severity of the problem, which you probably already are aware of. So here's from the Institute for Family Studies, which says, just speaking of Americans, more than half of Americans have watched pornography. And I bet it's a fair bit more than half, but at least more than half. And then more than a quarter of the people in the study that the Institute for Family Studies did, more than a quarter had watched pornography in the month prior to participating in the study. So more than half have seen pornography, at least more than half, but then more than a quarter of all of the people that they talked to, more than a quarter had watched it in the last month, probably meaning they are watching it regularly. Barna also put out a study where they say, and this is now referring to people in the church, say, well, that's in the culture, of course, but not in the church. Well, Barna put out a study saying that 68% of church-going men regularly look at pornography. Now, that is very shocking. So that's why I think the more than half of Americans is probably a good deal more, although this is referring to men who do tend to struggle more with this, although not, it's not only a problem for men. 68% of church-going men, and that's any denomination, anybody. But this is also shocking. They did a study and found that more than half of pastors regularly watch pornography. So I hope 
that this is not a struggle for you, but given the statistics, this may well have been a struggle in your past. It could be something you're dealing with now. If so, you are already aware of the fact that this sin, which is so accessible, so available, such a temptation in our day, has a massive effect on one's Christian life, on one's joy, on one's willingness to serve, on one's willingness to participate in missions, on marriages. It just affects so many parts of life. So this is, has a massive effect, this particular sin. It's very addictive in nature, difficult to break. And of course, it's clearly forbidden in Scripture. Uh, even that Romans thirteen fourteen that I read, put on Lord Jesus Christ, make no provision for the flesh. Pornography is very much a provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. So this is not appropriate for Christians, but clearly a very big problem. So if we want to grow in personal holiness, and if this is a struggle you are dealing with, or you're helping someone else deal with it, we bring now our questions to Andrew Walden, who is going to help us. The first question I wanted to start with, Andrew, if someone's listening to this, and let's say they're addicted to pornography or helping someone who's addicted, and they really, they or that person really wants to stop, but they don't even know where to start. So let's just begin there. Where would you recommend a person start in overcoming this sin? So we kind of discussed this right at the start and the fact that uh, the place that you start is actually starting. Mm-hmm. A lot of men that I talk to, just a lot of people in general, let's throw out pornography. It's just sins in general have no idea where to start in conquering this sin. And what happens is we often just spin our wheels and trying to find that magic bullet that's going to make this stop. And in trying to find that, this sin continues to grow and grow and grow, and we've done nothing to actually stop it. So the first and foremost part is just you need to start. You need to be very active in killing this sin in some way. It's like that John Owen quote of be killing sin or it's going to be killing you. Like we have to start this at some point. So just start. Now, every this is is the beautiful thing about how god created us is everybody has different things that sit with them so again there's not a magic bullet what would work for you is probably not going to work for me what works for me is probably not going to be working for you just in our personalities i i like people being blunt with me like if if you come to me like in a gentle way i'll hear you and i'll probably it'll probably sink in However, if you come to me in a more blunt way, it'll probably sink in a little bit better. Probably my army background. I got yelled at a lot because it was the army. If you come to me in a a nice, cheerful, I think of like Kathy Schneider. If Kathy (laughs) Schneider came up to me and rebuked me, I don't know if I would take it as rebuke because she's just such a sweet lady. That works for her. That's how you'd have to approach her. So how you start is one, just starting. You know yourself. You know what the triggers are that that cause you to fall into this sin. You know that you're loving this sin more than you love Christ. What is causing you to love this sin more than love Christ? What is it that makes you want to draw near to porn rather than draw near to Christ? So identifying what it is that's doing this is going to be very helpful too. So I would say start but start by identifying what's leading you to this sin. It reminds me of the proverb, in all labor there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. <laughs> and that's true of this sin. And you are right because there are so many possible approaches. There are a lot of books, which are good, 
you know, there are a lot of good books, approaches, opinions, ideas. How do we approach it? Because it's such a common sin and there are so many people struggling with it. It's so It can be very hard to overcome. And so there become a lot of theories of best approaches and that can be really paralyzing. So that's excellent counsel. Mainly, you've got to do something. <laughs> Even if it's not the best thing, just do it and then look to the desires behind it. Well, if someone has taken your advice and they have started, they're doing something and they're trying to figure out what's going on in their heart behind all of this, but it's still a very hard fight. If you're counseling that person, Andrew, what are a few doctrines or concepts you're likely to talk about at some point while you're helping them? One of the problems, especially with this sin today, compared to a generation ago, is the fact that a generation ago, if you were going to get caught or you're going to get wrapped up in this sin of pornography, you were going to have to go down to the corner store to buy a magazine you shouldn't have or to a very dirty, bad part of town to buy a video that you're going to watch. That was the kind of thing you had to do. Today, that's not true. Today, you can literally be searching for something wholesome and good on your phone and type in one wrong letter and end up on a site that is horrible. So as far as after you've started, what are some practical doctrines, some practical things you can do to get away from this? I'm a huge fan, huge fan of just going analog. Like I, I say that sitting here with an iPad on my lap right now. But what I'm saying here is that if your struggle is with going to sites on your phone that you know you shouldn't go to, don't start your fight with your phone. Just like we read in Matthew 5, if it's our right eye that's, that's sin, making a sin, then we pluck it out. If it's our hand, we cut it off and we cast it away. I'm not telling you to blind yourself. I'm not telling you to cut off your hand. What I am telling you is that if your phone is what's leading you down a road that's going to make you walk away from the Lord or sin against the Lord, the one that sacrificed himself to redeem you, put down your phone for a while. You have the different apps and things like that. You've got Covenant Eyes and things like that. This might be a hot take. I, I like Covenant Eyes. However, our generation is, if you're, if you're going to want to see those sites, you're still going to see those sites even with Covenant Eyes. You can get around Covenant Eyes. You have to be more aggressive than that. It's going to take more than that. So putting down your phone, if you're going to get in the Word, pull out a physical Word. Dive into that because... If you think that just reading the Bible is going to stop you or reading the Bible on your phone is going to stop you from going to that site, you're, you're fooling yourself because the temptation is too strong. So trying to get away from the digital world as much as you can to fight this sin is what it's going to take. And that is a lot like what Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, if your hand is making you sin, and we could say, well, your hand doesn't make you sin, it's your heart. And that's true. It's just the way he's speaking there to be to be blunt. It's for you, Andrew. <laughs> well, look at that. Look at that. Uh, anyways, we're all different. That's all I can say. But so to be blunt, he just says, if your hand's causing you to sin, well, just cut it off, you know. And that is very bluntly put and very shockingly put. But it gets to your point. Actually, it gets to both your points. Because when he says that in Matthew 5, number one, just start. Like you have to do something. That's part of the point there. You don't literally have to cut your hand off, so don't cut your hand off. But what he's saying is it has to be so urgent as if you would be willing even to cut your hand off. Like you can't just tolerate this, so just start. But then also what we call radical amputation, 
going analog. And some people would think, well, that's impossible. It's not. It's not impossible. It's not. Yeah, it's really not impossible. It's, is it hard? Yes. But you know what else is hard? Living your life with a pornography addiction is really hard. So it's not impossible. It can be done. And people say, well, I've got to have a laptop for work. You can figure it out. I promise. You're smart. You're probably grown up. You're smart. You can figure it out if you want to, if you want to. So that's really good counsel. And I think also like the, the excuse that I got to have my laptop for work or I have to have my laptop for school or something like that. Okay. But n normally you're working in public. You're, you can do your schoolwork in public. The problem is not that you have to have your laptop for those things or that you have to have your phone for those things. The problem is when you fall into this sin, you are hiding. You're in the dark. You know this is wrong, so you're going to these dark places to be alone to do this. So the problem is not the laptop. The problem is not the phone. The problem is you're finding a way to make it the problem. So on top of that, having the accountability of other brothers or sisters around you, um, when you feel that temptation, when you feel that struggle creeping up, because you, you can. You know when it, there's usually triggers or something that happens that causes you to go down this road. Um, have that accountability partner. But the problem with that is you also have to be very vulnerable and open with whoever you're accountable to. You can't just say, okay, I've got an accountability partner and then go about your day. This has to be something that is life on life, that is very intentional, that is very honest and open with that person. It's a bit like training wheels on a bike. You know, you put the training wheels on when you're first learning to ride a bike, not because that's the way a bike is ridden, it's a temporary stopgap measure because if you don't, you will fall down. And you might feel too proud to have training wheels. You know, kids like, I don't need training wheels. And you just fall down and keep hurting yourself. So you put the training wheels on and you could say, well, that's terrible. This is a terrible bike to ride with train. But the training wheels are just there to train you. And then eventually the idea is to take them off. So even the argument to go analog, somebody could do that their whole life. But for most everybody, it's just a temporary measure. You've got to... Somehow you have to figure out how to stop falling off your bike. And you could just keep riding and falling off your bike for the rest of your life. But probably a better idea is let's put training wheels on. They don't change your heart, but they help change your habits. So let's start with just that and then move from there. That's good. There's so much more we could say on this subject too that we're skipping over because this is just a brief podcast. But if someone is looking for a good book, one I'd recommend is by Heath Lambert. It's called Finally Free. Probably the best book I've read on this subject. And he goes through both radical amputation. It's chapter five, but he says at the beginning, if you're struggling, just jump to chapter five. Let's start there. But he also goes through so many different approaches and ways to deal with your sin, including I really like a later chapter he has, fighting pornography through a dynamic relationship with Jesus. So there's so much more. In fact, everything we've said on personal holiness thus far on the podcast relates to this. But just so you know, we're skipping over a lot of content. But I do want to, before we finish this podcast up, I do want to turn now. We've been giving the, uh, uh, for Andrew's sake, the blunt approach. <laughs> it's like, just go analog, deal, you know, start, go, do it. So there's kind of the grit piece of things, which you need. And some of you need more than others. Okay. But we also recognize, because Andrew and I, like everyone else, are made of flesh and blood, 
We all have sin struggles, and this is one that for many people, it's we're responsible for making the decision, but it can become so life-dominating, so crushing, so frustrating, and even with your best resolutions to fight it on Monday, then you're back at it on Tuesday, and you can lose heart. We don't want to lose heart in our fight against sin. So I also want to ask you, Andrew, for someone who's in that situation, they've read all the books, they've tried everything they can think of, and they're still stuck on pornography. Is there any hope for them? There's always hope. There's always hope in Christ. I mean, that's that's the message of the gospel is the, the, the good news. I would say uh, to that person that for as many men as identify with this sin, they're within the church just as many that have conquered this sin through through Christ. Um, right now, if somebody is in this sin, struggling through this sin, ultimately what they're what this sin is doing is it's showing the the love of their life at that moment is this sin. And the fact that they're struggling with it, one, is a is a good sign. The fact that you feel the pain of it is a good sign. If you didn't feel the pain of it, if you were fine with this sin, then then we're in real dark, deep waters. But if you're feeling the struggle, you're feeling the pain of constantly going back to this, this is your reset, this is your release, this is your, you know, your stressor causes, whatever it is. The fact that you're feeling this pain is a good sign. But also know that it's not impossible. You can conquer this this sin through Christ. The fact of the matter is you love this sin right now, but ultimately you're working your way towards loving Christ more. And once that pendulum tilts, once you get past that point and you see just the glory and the love you have down here in your question, or at least not happily, mm-hmm. it may feel like it's not happily right now, but once you get past this, once you're out of the dark, the joy that you feel on the other side of it will make the sorrow that you feel going through it seem like nothing. So just continue on, just continue the fight, continue fighting. You're, you're, you're not, you're not glorified yet. Mm -hmm. None of us are glorified yet. If you're listening to this podcast right now, you're not glorified yet. You're not going to be until you're in the presence of the Lord. So just keep fighting, just keep fighting it. I'm glad you make that point. That is the one thing I remember is kind of like you had said, you can accidentally stumble upon this stuff. And when I was in middle school, the internet was a newer thing. This is the nineties. And so, you know, my parents didn't know about all the dangers yet. It just came around. And in middle school, accidentally stumbled upon this and became addicted up until high school. I came to Christ and God delivered me from that. But I do, re- I still remember in my mind thinking I could overcome this. Like, especially when I started to feel a lot of conviction about it, I thought, okay, I could maybe stop doing this, but I think I would be miserable. And that's what Satan really fed of like, if you leave, you will be, it reminds me of Augustine and his confessions. He's turning away from a life of sexual sin and he's wrestling with the thought of coming to Christ. And he he said it was like his sin was whispering to him, you can't be happy without me. And Satan does that, especially for those who, which is probably most people when you're feeling stressed, turn to pornography for a relief, like to escape or whatever. And just thinking, wow, if you didn't have that crutch, life would be so bleak and so hard and so difficult. And so it's such a lie. It's such a lie. Wow. And because now I can just think life is so much better without it, you know, but I wish I knew that back then. And so if you are listening to Andrew's point, 
that you can't be happily without this sin, you will be so much more happily without this sin, I promise. And, and the thing is, the thing that you have found that you think is fix, or fixing your stressors and things like that, you go back to it again and again because it's not fixing anything. Yeah. When you come on the other side of it and you realize that ultimately you are finding the fix for your problems in Christ, it's a everlasting long-term. It's literally for eternity fixing your problems. Yeah. Agree a hundred percent. Someone listening to this might be skeptical about that point. They're stuck in this thinking, I don't know that I could that I of all other people, yes, but maybe I am not the sort of person who could be free from this addiction or happily free from this addiction. Or you may think something else along those lines, whatever the case may be. May God, by his grace, help us all now to think this way.